Hi, and welcome to episode 100 of No Crying in Baseball, the oh my God, we made it to 100 episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Potty Mouth, congratulations. 100. So I would call it the holy shit, we made it to 100 episode. I can't believe it. Yes, you would. And that's why you are the Potty Mouth (laughs) in this equation. Yes. Oh my God, we're here. Hi, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us. Or if you just joined us, you picked a good day for it. 100. Yeah. And I just a a little byline. We were going to do this huge party bang up celebration, but you've been mighty ill this week. I have been sick, so if you hear it in my voice, I apologize for that, but I realize we're about a month shy of our second anniversary, so Aww. maybe we could still have a party oh, let's do in a that. month. We can like save up our energy and not be sick. Yeah, yeah but okay. I will not try to tag team that one out. <laughs> hey, what's going on? I want to say thanks, Brian Jones. We got the coolest letter this week, and Brian- Oh, a letter. A letter. It was oh. delivered by a pony <laughs> with a saddlebag. This, yes, receive my age. Um, I guess it was one of those electronic letters. <laughs> I've heard of those. What? The kids today talk about them. Yeah, actually, the kids are even beyond that. They don't talk about those. They're old. Well, in their history books. They refer to those electronic letters. letters. Yeah. So he sent us a very nice electronic letter congratulating (laughs) us for 100 episodes. So thank you for noticing and for your awesome offer to send us some LSU merch. And we will be emailing right back with our T-shirt sizes. Yeah. So so Brian mentioned that we haven't been covering college baseball. And we really do only refer to college baseball when we talk about like the history of current boyfriends. Like, for instance, my current boyfriend, DJ LeMahieu, went to LSU. So yay, there's that connection right there. Oh, shit. I don't have any connected to LSU. Sorry about that. All right, Brian, give me some recs for next year. We're going <laughs> to we're going to depend on you for our Astros of 2020 picks. Uh, and a huge thanks also very belated to another fan. Gosh, it's cool to say that. Hi, folks. Uh, <laughs> Spinster Jill, who sent us a silver bullets ball and ticket a while ago and is now catching up on our episodes because thanks to Patty's uh, dedication to this project, she is doing transcripts. So yes, you can read every word. Oh, this is embarrassing. I shouldn't do this, should I? So yeah, so we now do these automated transcripts that I go then I then go through and fix for things like proper names. And it gives me a second time to cringe at all the, <laughs> the, the, the language that I'm too much of a lady to use. And it's a lot of fun, but those are available through our show notes. So if you look at the directory of our shows and you read the show notes, you'll see links to the transcript. So if you want to catch up by reading, or if you have friends who are deaf or hearing impaired that might you think might enjoy the show, that's a way to make our our just our lovely words so much more accessible. Quick question there. Does did the does the automatic transplit translating, transcripting, transcribing, that's the word. Does uh-huh. the, and it's going to have a hell of a time with that last sentence. But does the automatic transcribing do okay with my foul language? For example, my texting app still thinks I'm saying ducking all the time, and I'm really not. Like, it won't adapt to no, the fucking part. No, this is clear. It's, it's very clear okay. on your intent. It, do, it does screw up uh, Latin names. Some reason it it gets very complicated, like Eastern European names, just fine. So I'm not sure what's going on there, but that that's why we go through it with a fine tooth comb. On today's show, we're going to talk about a lot of guys who are currently out for the season. Some are out because of heartbreaking things. You may get who I'm talking about here, and some their own damn fault. Okay, fist fights. Diet pills over the counter? I don't think so. We're going to celebrate a couple of boyfriends, Jonathan VR, again, because he made history again. And Jason Hayward's kind of back, so I'm happy about that. 
I'm going to do a little uh, boyfriend shopping for the future. I'm going to talk to you about Eloy Jimenez, who I haven't talked about for a couple of months now. Grooming is back. I know you've missed our grooming episodes. We have beards. We have flow. We have all kinds of things to tell you about. And we're going to spend a little time on Raquel Ferreira, who we mentioned briefly last week when we talked about um, Dombrowski getting the boot from the Red Sox. We think she's a contender for the top job. I'm going to tell you all about her. I had the very sad uh, thing to do yesterday when I had to update my fantasy team roster and remove Christian Yelich more about that later. But I had to put in another boyfriend in the outfield. And I said, wait a minute, Jason Hayward is kicking in again, right? So he was sort of, you know, like, oh, he's fine. He's fine. He's sort of Mm -hmm. like a clubhouse leader, but he's not really a leader on the field. Okay, he's back, right? So the Cubs went 17 and eight over the Pirates on Friday. And that was historic because they were the first Major League Baseball team this year to score five or more runs in three or more innings. Wow, During that game. And Hayward was part of that. But anyway, over the past week, he's hit 455, 10 hits, 10 runs, nine RBIs. And this is for you, Potty Mouth. He was interviewed about the close contenders. Like, you know, they're, they've got the Brewers on one side of them. They're chasing the Cardinals. And he was asked about the other teams. And he said, we don't give a shit about the other teams. We're just playing our own game. And he's your boyfriend. And he's my I boyfriend. I look for those kinds of qualities. I think the, the Cubs pe- beat up the Pirates the next day, too. So, they did. They did. So we're going to be talking. I will be talking in the very near future about pirate frustration. But first, another team that could be frustrated being the Orioles is the the location of Jonathan Villar, my bo- Orioles boyfriend, who is doing good things again. We talked about him. How many weeks ago was that? Last week know. and the week before. Holy shit. That Can was I it? tell you the automated transcript translates <laughs> his last name to the letter V followed by the letter R. Both <laughs> capitalized. Hysterical. I'm gonna Find say and it, replace works for me there. I'm going to say it really slowly now to see if it gets it. VR. No, it's going to be VR. It is. It really is. There might be a Y in there now. All right. So he was the home run that set the home run record. So that's the home run record, meaning that more home runs have been hit this season than any prior year. And you've been teaching us a lot about the juiced ball phenomenon and there had to be that time. But we still have weeks left of the season. We do. And, and to be clear, this is the total number of home runs hit by everyone mm-hmm. in the major leagues. But your boyfriend was the guy that hit the one that put us over. So we're way over now yes. since then. But he had the records that he won. But yet, like you just pointed out, it's still going. We've got, you know, two weeks left of the season. Three Math, like math you know. Yeah. Oh, don't want to pretty little head about it. But a lot. There's going to be so many more home runs this year than before. Yeah. And to be specific, this is home run number 6,106 on September 11th against the Dodgers. Caleb Ferguson was the pitcher. Maybe his name won't be going into the record books. I don't know. But the bat is it's off to the Hall of Fame. And even more historic, the Orioles won the game. Oh, my God. So, so, yeah, that should get noted in the Hall of Fame. So, so it's like, oh, by the way, one of the few times this year, I love you, O's. So so even better, the O's are also outdoing their season from last year. They now have 47 wins. The th- bar was low, admittedly. Season, and that is how many they got all of last year. So the Orioles are, are on the upswing. With That's weeks what to go. Yeah. With weeks to go. They, they might hit 50. I'm pretty excited about that. I got to tell you about the sad thing. You all know about the sad thing, but this is my time to mourn. All right. Christian Yelich fractured his kneecap, fractured my heart. I really do feel heartbroken about this because such a good guy doing Mm -hmm. such good things. I don't know anybody who doesn't like him. No one says, oh, Christian Yelich, that jerk or whatever. Everybody seems to like him. And it, it wasn't. It was it wasn't a preventable thing. It wasn't another pitcher going after him. He fouled a ball off of his own right knee last Tuesday fractured his kneecap. He is out for the season. 
Let me tell you what the Brewers are doing in his absence. They're stepping up. Uh, Mike Moustakis, Master's boyfriend, stepped up. He was on the IL. This is his first game back after a wrist sprain on September 2nd. Hit two home runs. Wow. On his birthday, including a three-run home run in the third and the game-winning two-run home run to break a tie in the ninth. His buddy Ryan Braun, Yelich's buddy Ryan Braun, has been wearing Christian Yelich's jersey under his own on the field, which has got to be uncomfortable. And yet (laughs) keeping Yelly on the field with them. Yeah, the the climate, I guess, up there allows him to do that. You wouldn't be able to pull that off down here. Ryan Braun hit a home run on Thursday while wearing this under his wow. under his jersey. And as he ran across home base, you know, the, the TV cameras are always there to get the you know going over over home base. And he flashed like, you know, twos with both hands to a little little sign for Yelich that we're thinking about you. Um there are one game behind the Cubs for the wild card. That may be a little different now that from uh, cause it, this oh my God, the wild card race Yikes. is is crazy right now and there's a there's a hashtag win it for yelly and i'm all for it except for if they get that second wild card spot then they have to play the nationals so win it for yelly until it's time to play the nats and then i love you christian yelich but you know yeah I got my guys so does this take him out of consideration for mvp for the second year in a row because the name had been around so what do you think? yeah so it, it was i was him and cody bellinger as mm-hmm. the the two choices um current and always boyfriend Anthony Rendon is now in the conversation. I don't know. I I don't know if they have to be active at the time of the vote or, you know, like or if they just look at the overall picture. Yeah. He just like loses the ability to do anything great in the couple next couple of weeks. This could be one of those Academy Awards where like you just feel bad for not giving him, you know, the awards yeah. that you give it to him anyway. But I don't think so. I mean, he will have earned it. Any, any of those guys will have earned it. I, I would yeah. be happy with any of those choices. But that's an interesting question. Yeah, I especially just don't know. Rendon being your boyfriend. It would be nice to have that sort of come up because he's always been in our conversation. Absolutely. More guys out for the season. We have talked about Shohei Otani, the uh, pitcher. Not recently, though. Not recently. Yeah. Which, okay, I'm sorry. It's just really hard to keep up with everybody. No, but for like, like you know, when he was the new guy, he was every week yeah. was something, but yeah. And then when he was out as pitcher for this year and just batting, that was something. And so they're working back toward pitching, or they were working back, back toward pitching, but now he's out for the rest of the season batting as well. He is going to be having an operation on his left knee that will put him out for eight to 12 weeks. I guess it's not such a big deal right now for the Angels because they are not in contention. Um, And maybe this is part of, you know, getting him healed quickly so that next year he's going to be able to make a big breakout. But the weird thing, especially we're talking about knees and Yelich's knee, he didn't do anything to his knee. They discovered that he has a defective knee. As far as I understand, he has a patella, which is two bones instead of one, which is, I guess, what is the normal thing. And uh, just one to two percent of the population has this condition. I don't know what makes it a problem, but he's getting that operation now. Yeah, I think you're right. He probably is getting a head start on next year Mm -hmm. because if they're not going to be in contention anymore, you might as well build in as much recovery time as you can. There was a really fun story about Otani on um, ESPN just the last day or two talking about what fun he is in the clubhouse. So the primary languages spoken in the Angels clubhouse are English and Spanish. Otani, of course, is from Japan. And they say he's very adept at picking up Spanish, but primarily just swearing in Spanish. Hey, that's like my students. Right? Yeah, the the non-Hispanic ones, that's the words. Those are the words they picked up. There's also a suspicion that he knows way more English than he's letting on because apparently he's 
bitingly funny and it seems to come for things like you clearly are understanding a lot more than you are letting on that you're understanding. He's gotten the whole the whole team playing a video game that his team back in Japan played. And I think he's worked both teams into this one giant group playing together. And there's a little bit of um, of jealousy there, too, because apparently he's also the best at that because there isn't anything that Otani is not the best at. But I'm really happy to hear that he's like absolutely fitting in the clubhouse because there's mm-hmm. a lot of barriers when you come in. It's a language barrier that I'm the new guy barrier, all those things. And those seem to be breaking down and he's part of the team. And that's a little bit more evidence for, you know, I've come down against that whole video game culture in the clubhouse. But I'm learning and I've been learning throughout this show that it can be a real bonding thing, especially between cultures. So, okay. Another point to the gamers there. Another guy out. Uh, This would be Blue Jays reliever Tim Meza, who threw his own arm out. And it made me think of when you talked about Aaron Barrett last week. And I know you told me that that was while he was recovering for Tommy John, but that thought that with your own power, no matter what's happened to your arm, that you can throw it hard enough that you really fuck it up Mm -hmm. like badly to need surgery is really distressing. So he did this uh, against Didi Gregorius in the 10th inning against the Yankees and dropped to the ground clutching. And there's tearful videos. I mean, he was really distraught about it. And it turns out that his UCL is torn and he's going to be getting Tommy John and he's out not just for this year, but also for next year. Wow. Yeah, this makes me think that, you know, pitchers are throwing so hard. They are wearing out their arms. And so just that it's like the, the straw that broke the camel's back. This is one more. This is one more thing on the already weakened, on the already weakened arm. And then it goes. Yeah. And that's the bizarre part. Like, I just always think that injuries so, sort of either happen, boom, or slowly creep up and then you notice it. But it's sort of like this that you throw it and that is what is that final break and that you can hear it and that you fall apart. That's just it sounds horrific. It sounds horrific. And it, you know, it might be preventable with some more attention and training all this, but I don't know. But I'll tell you what's preventable. Stupid decisions are preventable. Uh, wait, are you talking to me? Is this is this turning into a potty mouth lecture? This is not an after school special. <laughs> okay. No, no, well, not about you. Oh, it is going to be an after school special about <sighs> over the counter right. diet pills. And starting pitchers who make millions of dollars and have nutritionists on staff available to them. So let me tell you about Michael Pineda, starting pitcher of the Twins. Hello, we see you twins who are in first place, who are like just having an amazing season. And Although this sounds like it's going to hurt them a bit. It sure is. And here is what Michael Pineda did. He has been like recovering from I think he had Tommy John a couple you know a little ways back. He's worried about his weight. He wants to be in fighting condition. He wants to like you know be in better physical shape. So this is what he did. He listened to a friend who said, "Hey, let's take these over the counter diet pills and not read the labels." Huh. Give me a moment while I try to pronounce the name of the banned substance that was in these over the counter diet pills. Ooh, Here we go. You're actually going to say this hydrochlorothiazide. You did that so well. Maybe. Only you. Maybe. Only you. It was one ingredient in this over-the-counter weight loss drug. It's a diuretic. Okay. Helps you just shed the pounds. Shed those <laughs> pounds. And it is a banned substance in Major League Baseball because it's also a masking agent for anabolic steroids. So if someone is taking anabolic steroids, they might also take this so you don't notice that. So that doesn't get picked up right. if you get tested. Which is like what happened to Cano at the end of the last year. So just quick question. Is this um, 
verifiable? Like, is this a real story he really was doing that he's not just saying, oh, this is what I was doing. And that's why it turned out this way. Everybody believes him. And I wonder if part of it is kind of a history of stupid decisions. You may remember 2014, the pine tar on the neck. I sure do. A whole bunch of pictures yeah. sneak pine tar under their hats, under their collars. He just had it right out there on his neck. So, of course, he got caught. So, of course, he got suspended. He makes stupid, bad decisions. Yeah. And just clearly, the reason why I remember that is because he was pitching for the Yankees at that time. And it was a game against the Red Sox. And there were lots of really great close up shots of that pine tar on his neck. Yeah, nobody missed that. Nobody mm-hmm. missed that. So he ended up with a 60 day suspension this time for this banned substance. Usually your first uh, PED or you know drug related suspension is 80 days. But because they clearly believed him, that it was definitely like a weight loss thing and it was stupidity and he just didn't read the damn label because it was tiny on the label. He was able to talk it down to 60 days. He needs your reading glasses. Like I always borrow your reading glasses. You should have been you should have been there for him. You know, had I been there for them, yeah, I could I could help with a lot of parts of this. It would be like, don't right. even read the label. Go to your nutritionist. They work in your in your ballpark. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. So here's what he's losing. His team is losing their ace. His team is losing their ace going into the playoffs. He's losing almost a million dollars in salary for the remainder of this season, which is also the end of his contract with the Twins. He is was four innings short of a $500,000 bonus, which there's no way he can get. Um, this suspension is going to go 39 days into next season. So if he re-signs with the Twins or signs with somebody else, this is going to count against that. In the next season. So that's going to lower his market value. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Although even like a lot of the, the twins uh, sports journalism around this is like, oh, it's fine. Let's resign yeah. him because he's their ace. Yeah. And they can overlook stupid in personal life, apparently, for that arm. Um, he also he can be with the team in general, but he can't be on the field or in the dugout when fans are present. So he could use the facilities. He could even, you know, throw on the field like pregame. But as soon as the gates are open to fans, he's got to disappear. And we are not yet done with stupid players being out for the season. (laughs) This is crazy. What the fuck happened this week? This one really gets me because in general, we just don't really condone fighting. Fighting is not a way to solve your problems. Pirates reliever Kyle Crick is out for the season with a finger injury. Not good for a pitcher. He's got to have surgery because of a brawl. And this brawl was in his own clubhouse with his teammate closer Felipe Velasquez. Now, the uh, the topic of fighting appears to be musical taste. So Crick wouldn't turn off his music that he was playing. Now, I'm thinking if it was country music, this is almost defendable. But <laughs> sorry, Cam, if you're no, listening. No, use your words. I think you <laughs> use your words. But if it's country music, the words invo- you know, involved include like truck and porch. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So they had a difference in musical taste. Uh, I guess Crick actually challenged Vasquez to punch him. And then he did. He threw the punch. Vasquez ended up with some stitches in his nose and Crick in an interview actually disclosed another injury, which was not in the official story, which is that he was wearing his shower shoes. I think that's flip flops. Those would be flip flops. Um, yeah. Uh, and because of the scuffle, it tore off a callus on his foot. Maybe I didn't need to say that because that image is pretty damn gross. Sorry, folks. They're both fine. I have no response to that. Yeah, it's just gross. Uh, Crick is appealing because he's saying it was self-defense that the other guy threw the punch first. We will see what the arbitra- arbitrator says about the the music 
if that's being <laughs> a just cause or not. But Crick did say something that I respect him for. He said, there are two losers in this deal. No one can win a fight with a teammate. It is an after school special. It is. Okay. I feel good about that. <laughs> okay. Can you bring us happy? I'm going to bring you joy. Yay. Joy with Eloy Jimenez. And I wish I'd made that up, but I did. Nice. That was actually the title of an article that I read. Ah. So I'm bringing joy because I I read. I talked about Eloy Jimenez early in the season because he set a record. His contract that he signed at the beginning of the season was the largest ever for a player that had no service time. He had never played in the majors and ended up with like a six-year, $43 million contract with many bonuses attached to it. He was also my pick of rookie for Rookie of the Year in the American League. So I have mentioned him as not no longer in the running for Rookie of the Year for the American League. But we haven't talked about the good things that have been happening. I spent yesterday at the ballpark with my favorite White Sox fan, and he reminded me, you should be paying attention to Eloy Jimenez again because he's uh. really having a September. Hi, Patrick. Yeah. So he was out in the um, IL for several weeks in um, April and May and then again in July. So he's been out a bunch, which is how he fell out of contention for mm-hmm. Rookie of the Year by a lot. Past week, he had back-to-back four RBI games, including his first Grand Slam, which was a go-ahead Grand Slam versus the Royals. In the last 15 games, he's hitting 388. Holy shit. Wow. Rookie. Rookie. Um, So I'm kind of shopping him for a boyfriend for next year. Turns out he's better on the road than he is at home. And he... He kind of gets in his own head in high leverage situations because he wants to he wants everybody to be happy. He wants to fix it all with one swing. He he gets very worried about being responsible for everything right going on. So it's kind of working against him. So he's trying to work on his patience and, you know, as they say in baseball, not do too much like bat the one guy in. Don't worry about clearing the bases. Right. Just so that's what he's working on right now. His uh, teammates refer to him as a super happy dude. He really is a lot of fun and loves to play the game. And he's that, you know, that's one of our boyfriend um, tick boxes right there. And he said, now it's my job, you know, to make my dreams come true. That sounds like a good job. I like I it. Want, I want yeah. that job. Yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm a fan. So we're going to keep our eye on you, Aloy Jimenez, and you might be a boyfriend next year. And uh, checking out other guys for their characteristics of being a boyfriend. And these are the guys that we pick Every year, one per team, we each have a different one, and it's because they're cool in some way beyond the field, including hair. Grooming. Grooming. Is this a grooming segment? We haven't done this for a while, and we used to like really enjoy talking about grooming. Sometimes it was helpful tips. Sometimes it was appreciation. And I think we have a little bit of everything today. Starting with Boba Fett. Wait, Boba Shet. <laughs> I, I just can't. Like every time I watch the game, I can't I get that out of my head. Why haven't we talked about his hair? We've talked about him. We've talked about his bat. Mm-hmm. We've talked about his skills. And we've talked about, yeah, him coming in, being brought up at the end of the season this year and coming in with a bang. But, but not his flow. His flow. So he had his first walk-off home run with the Blue Jays. So that's a big fucking deal. It was against the Yankees. So that makes me really happy. And the best part was that helmet fly off at the end and the locks just releasing. And he just has a nice mane of hair. Yep. Excellent. So extra points for, for extra Boba, point. uh, Bo- Boba, Boba Shed and right. his flow. Yeah. And now we can move on to facial hair. And, you know, I noticed that Pete Alonso had a mustache a couple of days ago and I thought that is a really poor decision. It just didn't I'm not, you know, mustache is a tricky thing to pull off well. 
And he just kind of didn't. He still had that like, you know, teenager trying to grow a mustache look. That's what I was just going to say. When the young guys do the mustache to try to look a little bit older and it doesn't work, it just makes them look like they're in disguise. Right. That, is, that's what, how that's old what he is was. he? Is he just trying to get carded? Like not, trying not, to, get not carded to get anymore. carded? It, possibly true. Yeah, that could be it. So um, he was going in a slump. And so he shaved. Totally appreciated mid-game against the Diamondbacks. Which has worked for other players. Yeah, that has turned them around mid-game. How'd it work for Pete? Not not so good. He was 0 for 3 before in that game, and he was 0 for 2 after in that game. And I believe if he hasn't had a hit since. He is still hitless. The polar bear is hitless. When I saw that you wanted to talk about Pete Alonso shaving, I was wondering about, did it have anything to do with the number of times he's appeared shirtless? And was he thinking of some, I don't know, manscaping or something? Like if the shirts, the jerseys are going to keep getting pulled off on the field, he might want to pay a little attention. Do a little waxing. To to what's going on there. But no, no. More bad facial hair. Now, this isn't bad facial hair. This is extraordinarily bad facial Mm -hmm. hair. And there's two problems with this facial hair. One is that it existed at all. The other is Mike fears the A's ace had a 12-game winning streak for games that he started. So you don't fuck with your facial hair in you that situation. You don't fuck with anything. You have your routine. You have your system. You do not mess yeah. around. And he did. Apparently, the guys in the clubhouse were teasing him like while he was shaving. And they, they looked up stupid beards. And he shaved into a stupid beard. They didn't believe he would actually start the game with the stupid beard. He started with the beard. He did. Wow. Yes, he came out on the field with the beard that has been described as a cattail, a death spiral, a cinnamon roll. Um, it actually looks kind of like a weird, like off kilter number six on his face. It is sort of a spiral. It comes, yeah. you know, it comes down like one um one sideburn and then under and then back over. And it's as if a cat has curled its tail around your head. Not that I have any experience with that. Yeah. So it was ridiculous, but what the heck? You know, if it worked for him, he would have had to keep it, you know, they would have been in the World Series and he'd have to keep it forever, mm-hmm. basically. It didn't work for him. In fact, damn, he only lasted one and two thirds inning. When After the two outs in the second inning, he had this twinge from his elbow to his hand on the next pitch and part of his hand went numb. Apparently, oh, this has happened low key a couple of times and it comes back. So he sort of stayed in the trainers came out and he thought, okay, maybe just shake it out. The feeling will come back in the hand. And he gave up a home run and then walked a guy and it's like, it's not coming back. So they had to pull him. Needless to say, he shaved. You know, when you're on a 12 game winning streak, don't fuck with it. That's the moral of the story. He's getting checked out on Monday. So by the time you hear this episode, we will know what the deal is with his elbow. So we are hoping that it's nothing serious, that it is something that's transient. But yeah, don't mess with your winning streak. Last week, we talked about the fallout from the Dave Dombrowski canning. And since there's not much else good news to talk about with the Red Sox, I'm going to go back to this. And also, I feel like I didn't do justice to Raquel Ferreira, which was sort of the the subtext of the story, but it's the senior vice president who is part of this like junta, like this new team that's going to be guiding the Red Sox for at least the rest of the season. And I'm going to stay super hopeful that she could get the GM job. I, it just seems like it makes sense. So when they announced it in this confusing way, which I got boggled last week, they announced the three guys as GMs. And then they said, in addition, 
Senior Vice President of Major and Minor League Operations Raquel Ferreira will take on an expanded role within the transition team, which is confusing because it was three plus, but that's really nice way that they introduced her. So I don't know why she wasn't just another name in the list. Maybe this is a good thing. I'm trying to look at it on the positive side. And I did say last week that she is only the third female senior vice president baseball of baseball operations in history. And she has been with the Red Sox almost longer than anybody else. And this part I didn't realize. She started in 99, which is before the current owners. So the ownership has changed since then. She's still been. She started before Alex Cora was a player, let alone a manager. That's some good social math right there. That puts things into perspective. And she has done pretty much everything. And the title that I saw connected to her so much was mom. And I feel kind of mixed because you don't want to pigeonhole women. You know, you know, you're not you don't have to be expected to be motherly to take care of everybody. Or maybe on the other side, maybe some of the men should be doing things like that, too, because it makes a fucking difference. The players adore her because she takes care of them. She plays special attention to people coming in from other countries. I also um, fucked up her background a bit last week. I knew there was a Portuguese connection, but I kind of jumped to the Brazil conclusion. Turns out her parents are from Cape Verde. And she was raised in Rhode Island, and she spoke Portuguese so that she could communicate with her grandparents. And it's sort of like they speak to her in Portuguese, she speaks in English. But it it gave her the appreciation of that first-generation immigrant experience. And so she doesn't speak Spanish fluently, but she's picked up enough that she can help the guys who come in. And there's a little bit of talk about how she might have been influential in Xander Bogart sealing the deal this year, his contract with the Red Sox. Because he feels so close to her, as do a lot of the homegrown players like Betts and Bradley. So I'm hoping maybe she can convince Mookie to stick around because he might be up for a change soon. But I'm, I'm excited about this, this woman having a say in major Red Sox decisions. Gives me a little bit of hope for next year. Things that this year has been so shitty. <laughs> For my team. Maybe we now have time to sort of build a groundswell of support for her because mm-hmm. um, sorry about the Red Sox not, you know, having much of a more of a season left, mm-hmm. but that gives more time to say, hey, pay attention to Raquel as you're figuring out who's going to be in charge next year because she would be great. Maybe we should start a letter writing campaign and get those ponies in their saddlebags heading to Boston. <laughs> Let's do that. Yeah, I hear there is like a, a pony riding, riding horses thing going through Massachusetts once upon in history. I have to brush up on some baseball math this week. There are a lot of teams in contention for wild card spots, which means it's time to think about tiebreakers. And it may just not be a single tiebreaker. Like we had one of those last year for the wild card race. It could be three teams or four teams who have equal records and have to figure out what is the math to figure out who gets to be that wild card contender this year. You know, the one thing I understand about that math, which is not very much, mind you, you're the one who's going to be doing this. But the one thing I understand is that means more baseball, right? Because if there are more wild card tiebreaker things, we get to watch more baseball. Yay. Yay. There'll be a couple of extra games. They'll probably be wedged in between the end of the season and the beginning of the official playoffs. So who knows? Maybe we'll invite everybody here to Nats Park and we'll have a little round robin tournament. We'll have like a double elimination thing. That would be We know how those work. We've seen those. That would be super fun. So there, there is still time left in the season, and our Fantasy Baseball Boyfriend League is hanging in there, but there has been a change at the top. I am sorry, cute guy who lives upstairs. 
you have been dethroned by half a point by El Wombo. That would be the leftovers. Just dipping briefly, but I know that he has strategies. So he's going to be gearing up for this next year. He was working on it yesterday. You have the Browns place pretty solid now. Maybe. I mean, I just lost Christian Yelich. Oh, but you but know, I got Jay Hayward. So, so Jay Hay may, may save me there. Yeah. Fingers so crossed. I, I think you're closer to the top two than you are to the four. So I think you're more, you're you're definitely on that metal statue thing. Maybe we'll figure out tiebreakers for the fantasy baseball league. <gasps> oh. Those might involve shots and arm wrestling. As Shotsky. Okay. I, I had to bring it up. I have hopes to improve by next one, but you'd need a fourth. Then you could pull me in for the Shotsky because it is a four shot thing, four person thing. Um, I'm going to get We're better. We're still talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get better. My team is been in the gutter. I am right above the kids who left for college so that they cannot focus anymore at all. But I actually made a roster change yesterday. I remembered what day it was. This means that things are going a little bit better for me and, and I have hopes maybe I'll move up at teeny bit we'll find out next week we're going to some games we're going to a game in like 15 minutes as a matter of fact we got to get out of here folks so you should be pleased telling your friends about us if you like what you hear check out some back episodes find us on social media help me with this one we are at ncib podcast on twitter and at no crying in bball on facebook and instagram you can find us on that web thing at www.nocryinginbball.com If you have a chance to leave us a review or a rating wherever you listen to our show, we would appreciate it. Until next week, say goodnight, potty mouth. Goodnight, potty mouth.